This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. All right. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Equinox this week. Sherry Laskin here with Cruise News. Heading for a 14-night cruise this weekend. Much needed. Can't wait. Carnival Breeze, Southern and Eastern Caribbean. We're talking about um, Barbados. We're going to Granada, St. Martin, St. Thomas, San Juan. A couple of more thrown in there. Um, You can follow along on Cruise Radio Facebook page or the podcast. And don't worry, don't worry. We're going to still do the uh, daily Cruise Radio news briefs. If you're not subscribed to that, go ahead and slide your little mouse over or click on the Cruise Radio News podcast feed. We'd love to have you there. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So Carnival Sunshine had a little issue on actually well, just one of many ships that had issues over the weekend. But what happened uh, with Carnival Sunshine on Sunday evening? Yep. Shortly after Carnival Sunshine left Port Canaveral, the ship began to list. And Carnival's brief explanation was that, quote, the ship experienced a technical issue involving one of the breakers, which caused it to list to one side. Our officers quickly intervened to correct the situation. Uh, the Carnival Sunshine was launched as Carnival Destiny in 1996, and then in 2012, Carnival decided the ship will become the Carnival Sunshine after a $154 million renovation. And I think we were just talking about this earlier. We remembered the Crown Princess when that had a listing incident way back in 2006. But, uh, yeah, the ship was headed back to North, uh, to North, <laughs> to New York City and started to list. The Coast Guard arrived within minutes, and they decided to bring the ship back to Port Canaveral because they thought it might be a malfunction in the steering equipment, but they found out actually that the second officer had disengaged the automatic steering because he thought that it would put the ship into an unusually hard turn to port, so he decided to manually steer the ship. And if you can imagine this, first he he moved the wheel to port, then back to starboard, and back and forth a couple of times. So, I I mean, the idea of what that was like must have been terrible. And at one point, um, from what the research that I did, and I sort of remember it from the newspaper, it listed about 24 degrees. So in total, 240 passengers were treated for various injuries, and uh, dozens ended up at local hospitals. Um, finally, they did realize that the incident was due to human error and um, personnel changes were made at Princess. Well, you know, back to the carnival issue uh, with the circuit breaker going out. So people are probably wondering, you know, what would a circuit breaker going out make the ship list so far over, whereas things would break and fall off the shelves and people falling and everything. But you have to understand, in order for the ship to stay, you know, balanced in the water, there's ballast so there's, there's fuel and water constantly being shifted underneath you when you're on the ship that's keeping the ship even. And if a circuit breaker goes out, it might be the circuit breaker that either fills that ballast or that drains that ballast. So it could be pumping water into the port side and not coming back out, and it could just cause it to list like that. Or it could be someone on the bridge and they're just blaming it on a technical issue. You know, who, who really knows what happens? I guess we'll know whenever we see the, uh, what is it, the NTSB report. Yep, and I know you'll go looking for it. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> Another rough start to a cruise. Uh, an NCL cruise over the weekend had a, uh, yeah, I guess it was a rough start. 
Yeah, this is an interest, interesting week for sure. And it all began when Norwegian Breakaway was heading back to New York City. On Saturday morning at the end of the cruise, the ship received word that someone had accidentally fallen overboard while at work aboard a nearby cargo ship. So Breakaway assisted the Coast Guard in a search and rescue mission, but sadly um, it was eventually called off. So now the ship is still underway, heading back to New York now for an evening arrival, and there is a medical emergency, and a 76-year-old man has to be evacuated. But because the bad weather continues, they couldn't use the, med- the helicopter medivac, so they had to bring a small boat out from the port of Manhattan. He was then transferred onto the small boat, taken to the pier, and then transferred to hospital. It sounds like a you know huge, long event, but the entire um, thing spanned maybe just under three hours. So now the ship's running way behind schedule. And, of course, at the pier, there's another group of passengers waiting to board for their cruise, which is going from New York to New Orleans. So boarding would be delayed until late evening, and uh, someone had actually reported that muster wasn't held until 2.30 a.m. <laughs> but by 7 a.m. the next morning, Breakaway finally left New York Harbor and is heading to the Big Easy, finally. And this is story three of four of things that go bump in the night. Royal Caribbean also had a technical issue over the weekend that brought the cruise to a temporary halt. This one a little more interesting. Yeah, this is all crazy week, right? So there could be a couple versions of the story. It's the Navigator of the Seas, and it was delayed. And the most recent one that I heard was that on Saturday night, in very rough seas in the Bay of Biscay, which is off the coast of France and Spain, passengers reported hearing a loud bang. But next thing that happened, the ship alerted the crew members who then put on life jackets and were headed around the ship to find out why a Bravo code was issued. Somehow, with the bad weather, one of the stabilizers had either broken off or was severely damaged, and the ship was taking on water. Not a good thing. But um, by Sunday morning, the navigator of the seas had safely made it to the port of Vigo, Spain. And again, if you've ever been in that area, it's known for unexpected, unexpectedly rough seas. And in Vigo, the ship underwent repairs and then headed off to the Canary Islands to finish the rest of the cruise. And speaking of the Mediterranean, two cruise ships collided during a storm in the Med earlier this week. What happened here? Yeah, this just happened yesterday. Costa Magica was docked in La Spezia, Italy, and so was the uh, celebrity constellation. But a strong gust of wind came, uh, came up out of nowhere just about and broke the mooring lines for the constellation and pushed that ship right into the side of Costa Magica. And luckily, no one was hurt. The damage was minimal, and Costa Magica left early this morning, heading out to finish the rest of the cruise. Last but not least, Celebrity Edge is driving revenue for Royal Caribbean Corporation. Yeah, there is some good cruise news this week. Celebrity's first ship since the Reflection, which debuted in 2012, uh, it's had some very strong bookings, and it's actually giving its parent company, Royal Caribbean, an earnings boost. And, you know, the stock has been slowly sinking from back in September. It was at $132, and just earlier this week, well, yesterday, it opened at uh, 100, under 100 so the excitement for the celebrity ship, 
is building and it's keeping the prices of the uh, the crews are staying up and you know it's making the Royal Caribbean stock inch upward a little bit too. So what's the ship going to do after crossing the Atlantic next month, um, which is actually tomorrow, right? Uh, the Edge is going to move to its new home port at Port Everglades, and there's a brand new cruise terminal waiting for it called Terminal 25. From there, the Edge is going to cruise a series of seven-day Caribbean itineraries until next spring when it will head back to Europe for a season of Mediterranean cruises. Looking forward to Edge. It looks, it's definitely a different ship. Yeah, it should be kind of cool with the outside platform mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Listener yeah. question here. If you have a listener question, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G. Um, Julia asks, we are trying to decide on an itinerary. There are two ports in Honduras, Coxon Hole in Mon- uh, Ma- Mahogany Bay, is it? Yeah. Okay. Right, the Mahogany Which, Bay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Whatever. Uh, is one better than the other? You know, that's such a subjective question, but... Um, just a little bit of info. You know, Cox and Hole is really just a cruise port um, with a few shops, a place for a bite to eat. But you have to go outside the port gates to do anything more. Um, and it's, it's about 35 minutes to one of the nicest beaches on Roatan Island, which is West Bay Beach. So you can't just walk from Cox and Hole and have something to do. You have to go someplace. Whereas Mahogany Bay is itself, and it's kind of a, you know, it's a beach destination. It's a little bit... Um, Disney-esque, but it is walkable from where your ship docks, and Carnival has their flying chairs there, so you can, you know, you can take a little ride over the concrete and the water to get down to the beach, so, you know, that itself can be kind of fun, especially if you have kids, Um, and then Mahogany Bay, where your ship is docked, you'll have an ATM machine, there's some restaurants and snack bars, shopping, so, you know, it's more of a destination port, whereas Cox and Hole, you have to leave and go someplace. So Mahogany Bay is Carnival-owned, um, so all the Carnival brands go there, whereas Cox and Hole is Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and others. But, you know, personally, um, I just look, I'm looking for a relaxing beach day without having to go somewhere to get to the beach. And so Mahogany Bay is my choice for that. You know, both ports offer the same shore excursions, almost all the same shore excursions. So it really depends on what you're looking for and, you know, how you, how you want to get around once you're there. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime, straight from Cruise Radio. So Julie and her husband just returned from an 11-night cruise on Celebrity Equinox out of Port Miami, and Julie joins us on the line. Hey, Julie. Hey, Doug. So uh, excited to talk about Celebrity Equinox, a ship we haven't heard from in quite a while, and uh, an itinerary that I have coming up just next week. So super stoked about this. Uh, Before we get to the ship, you're up there in Dayton, Ohio. So give me some pre-cruise thoughts about Celebrity. 
Well, I've never cru- cruised on Celebrity before. Um, I cruised Carnival and Royal Caribbean, but it was in a past life. It was probably over 17 years ago. And this was my husband's first cruise. Um, so this will be, this was my seventh and his first. Um, he jumped in with both feet when we decided to do this because um, it's an 11-day cruise and it's <laughs> quite a lot for a new cruiser, but he loved it. Um, we ended up picking Celebrity because of the itinerary, the length of the cruise, and really the time of year, because we like to cruise in September. Mm-hmm. So it pretty pretty much narrowed it down to our choices. We ended up flying out of Cincinnati instead of Dayton, because it's cheaper. And we went, uh, drove down there and, and got a hotel for the night before we were supposed to leave, and parked, ended up parking at the hotel and got $20 parking for the whole whole time and just shuttled to the airport. And then we flew into Miami and stayed a night in Miami at the Richmond Hotel in South Beach before the cruise. Cool. I haven't heard of it. Is the Richmond on the water side or across the street? It's right on the beach. Yeah. And it is one of the oldest hotels in South Beach. That's right. Okay. And um, it was a good price, but and it was a great pool. They had an awesome pool. And it, I really, I could recommend the hotel as long as you're not into the newer stuff. It was, mm. it was definitely older, but the pool was fantastic. You make your way to Port Miami embarkation morning. So how was the embark process for y'all? Very fast and organized. I was really surprised because there were a lot of uh, a lot of crowds there when we got there. It looked like it was going to be a long wait. Um, we just breezed right through. I would say within within 30 minutes, we were on the ship. Okay. And we went straight to the mass grill for burgers to avoid crowds at the buffet. You board Celebrity Equinox. What were your first impressions? It was bigger than I thought. I I was expecting, I hadn't cruised for so many years that um, I had not been on one of the mega ships, but seeing some of those, I thought this must not be nearly as big. Um, but it was it was bigger than I expected. It was very well kept and clean for being an older ship. Um, they're going into dry dock next spring, um, but it was it looked new to me. It was beautiful. So for this 11-night cruise, what kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We booked a Category 1A, which was uh, a veranda, um, and originally I booked a sunset balcony room thinking it must be good because it was more expensive, and I did some more research on the rooms and found that those balconies are not covered, and you can see because of the angle of them, you can see the balcony below you and above you, and mm-hmm. um, I didn't really like that. I like the idea of having shade, so we ended yeah. up um, booking one of the uh, rooms right off the hump which have the biggest balconies. And um, so we had a huge balcony with shade and also sun so we could sit either way. And it was awesome. Loved it. And plenty of storage in the room. Balcony had an extra lounger that I wasn't expecting because of the size. It was big enough for that. Um, so we were really happy with it. It's funny how stateroom categories vary from cruise line to cruise line because on Carnival, a 1A would be a interior bunk bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's yeah funny. you have to really research the rooms. For yeah, sure. for sure. Uh, did this one have? Um, you said it was. I know it's kind of an older ship. Um, did it have USB ports in there? It did not. No. Um, we ended up bringing a, a USB hub, a couple okay. of them, with us. And as far as the balcony size, I mean, you mentioned it was a a larger balcony, but were you impressed with the size? I was really impressed with the size. It um, because when you step out, it was all the shaded area with the lounger, and then you step out further, and there's the the table with the chairs, and it was very private. It was very nice. We spent a lot of time on the balcony. Let's talk about food. 
on Celebrity Equinox. Of course, quite a few dining options on that ship. And we'll start at the main dining room. So what time dining did you have and what did you think of it? We have the anytime or select dining. They call it funny. They call it anytime when you're making your reservation. But then um, then I, you also see them calling it calling it select. Mm-hmm. That's something I never did. That wasn't available when I first cruised. So I thought we'd give that a try. But the first night, I ended up making a reservation, which um, kind of defeats the purpose of the anytime. But um, I wanted to make sure because the first night I hear is more chaotic. So we made a reservation, an early dining. And I was actually a little bit disappointed with the main dining room because in, when I had cruised before, I remembered it was really fantastic. Lots of options. Really, really good. I would say it was just good. It wasn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't call it fantastic. The service was really good. Um, we ended up only eating in the main dining room the first two nights, and we weren't going to do the buffet, but the buffet was surprisingly good. Uh, loved the individual stations, so there wasn't a long line for everything, and they had a really good selection and, and decent food, so we ate there a few times as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I mean, I, I'll still ask you anyways, even though you only went there twice, but did you find there to be a wait if you had any time dining, or could you just walk up and be seated right away? Uh, I think you could be seated right away because when we went in, so we went the first night, we ended up um, asking them as we left um, to book the same time the next night. And when we got there, it was, you know, nearly empty upstairs. Mm-hmm. So we could have, uh, we could have been seated right away without any kind of reservation early, at least. What specialty restaurants did you go to? Now that's an interesting part too, because I was not planning at all to do much of the specialty dining. I kind of like the idea in the past of a cruise being an all-inclusive. Um, so I was kind of, you know, shunning the um, specialty, but our anniversary was on the cruise and I had heard so much good about Murano that uh, that's a French restaurant that I decided to book that in advance for our anniversary night. And then our travel and, and our travel agent also had gave us a free night of um, specialty dining. So we went to another one, but Murano was, was fantastic um, from start to finish. It was the service and the food and everything. It was it was wonderful. As good as I had heard from everybody, it definitely lived up to the reviews. We did Tuscan Grill. Um, the food was really good. The steaks were, were really outstanding. The service was terrible. It was extremely slow, and they weren't that busy um, from be- between courses. And I think it took them. I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes to even get our drink orders, Mm -hmm. which is really unusual on a cruise, especially when they're not crowded. So the service itself, we were in there for over well over two hours and didn't feel we were just so ready to go. Um, But the food quality itself was was good. I would definitely give it another try just to see if the service might be better another time. But then we also tried Silk Harvest, which was a surprise. We weren't planning to do that at all. We were just walking around one day, and this guy said, "Hey, do you want to try Silk Harvest? We'll give you, um, give it to you for twenty dollars a person." And we said, "Well, that sounds pretty good." And we were not excited about the main dining room, so we went there. It was outstanding from start to finish. The food was fantastic. The service was amazing. It was so good that we ended up going back a second time to Silk Harvest. But we we got the twenty twenty dollar deal again for the second night. Oh, that's not bad. And that's just kind of crazy to hear that your service was bad in Tuscan Grill. I mean, because what an amazing view back there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right it's a beautiful app. restaurant. Yeah, totally. And the steak was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Does that ship have cuisine on it? It does not. No? Okay. Yeah, this has the Cafe Albacchio, however you say that. Mm-hmm. 
coffee shop and we discovered this caramel macchiato coffee that was so good. We had that every day and their danishes and the cheesecake and cinnamon roll. It was all really delicious. We, we did that about every morning. Did you do any drink packages? We did. We did the classic drink package. That was one of the perks that we got. And we did that for a couple of days. And then we used our um, travel agent onboard credit to upgrade to the premium package for the rest of the trip. Okay. Uh, as far as other food around the ship, like little cafes or like uh, the mast or I guess there, there's a, I'm sure there's a pizza restaurant on there too, right? Uh, no or pizza no? that I, that I know of. Okay. I think that's part of the, like the buffet. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they do, do have the mast grill by the pool and that was, we really loved that. We did that for lunch quite a few times. The cheeseburgers are, are really good there. Mm. I definitely recommend the mass grill. And then we also did room service with just mostly coffee and Danish in the mornings. We never did a meal with room service. They also have that really cool bar in the aft part of the ship back there. What is that called? Sunset. Yes. Did you ever spend any time back there? We did, yes. We went there at the beginning of the cruise and then several times um, along the way we stopped up there. Beautiful views and it was a really, really cool atmosphere. You were on there for 11 nights and only did two nights in the main dining room. That's rather impressive. Um, did you get to, uh, like, did you dine in any of the ports at all? Not for dinner, no. no? We we had a couple of lunches, mm-hmm. um, but not dinner. We ended up eating in the buffet a lot more than we expected. And I actually got sick the second day of the cruise. So we didn't eat at all that day, or I didn't. I stayed in the room the whole day. Well, let's talk about entertainment on this 11-night sailing. How was it? The entertainment was, um, some of it was good. We went to a magic show. They had a magician, Jason Bishop, who was amazing. I am not uh, not a magic fan myself. I thought my husband would enjoy it, so we decided to go. He was very entertaining, extremely funny. I really hope that guy makes it big. He had a rough start growing up and ended up making something of himself and uh, really, really thoroughly enjoyed that show. There was also a comedian. He was really funny. I can't even remember remember his name now but also very good we did not attend any of the broadway type shows we're not really into that so can't speak of that Um, nothing really looked all that interesting Um, they had one called topper and um, one called life um, but it was just not not something we were into the music was i didn't really care for the music either i'm really a big fan of all kinds of music i'm not wouldn't consider myself too particular. I like everything from pop to classical, rock. Um, but I don't feel that the music was really on par with, with what it should have been. They had a Latin band. Their house band was a Latin band singing American music. And um, I would have rather heard something more authentic coming from them. Just wasn't a big fan of the music choices. Considering the crowd was celebrity being, you know, the older crowd, I would have thought they would have more of 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s music, and they, they didn't have as much as I, I thought. They were playing a lot more modern pop, popish music. Um, so not not the best on music. Going back to The Illusionist, I think I've seen him before. It, it's, is he, he's an illus- magician, illusionist, kind of like a, like a David Copperfield type act. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think I've seen him like in Alaska really cool. or something years ago or a couple of years ago. Interesting. And he was so funny. Yeah. He was just, you know, he's definitely a comedian magician. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Really enjoyed it. On the mm-hmm. sea days, how was the ship as far as crowds and congestion? It wasn't bad. Um, we were always able to find, we're, we're definitely pool people. So we were always trying to find a spot by the pool every day. 
of course, we didn't always get right by the pool, but that was all right. You know, we um, managed to find a lounger, you know, on the second deck, which wasn't far from the pool and it was close to the bar, which that's a good thing for us. But it was it was nice. It never really felt too crowded. It didn't take long to get a drink at any of the bars. And they had um, servers coming around all the time. So it was really easy to get a drink. Can you smoke in the casino on the ship? I don't think so. Um, They have designated smoking areas. I don't remember seeing. I walked through the casino and I don't remember smelling smoke because I'm an ex-smoker from 20 over almost 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm real sensitive to it. And I don't remember ever really smelling smoke. Do you remember uh, who the cruise director was by chance? The cruise director was a guy. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> you don't have to know. I was just curious. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Good. I remember the captain. The captain was the American lady, Captain Kate. Oh, cool. She was awesome. Yeah. She was very funny. And, you know, when she would, you know, have you ever sailed with her before? You know, I've never sailed with her, but I follow her on Instagram and she always posts pictures of her hairless cat on the, on Instagram. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'll have to follow her. She's she's pretty entertaining. She always had a Confucius uh, saying and a some type of riddle on the the two times. Celebrity only breaks in twice a day mm-hmm. um, with announcements, and it's and she would talk about, um, you know, she would do a riddle and a Confucius say, and it was always interesting to listen to her. And she was at the um, at the end when we debarked. She was there to greet everybody and thank them for sailing with her. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I like her. She's very cool. Um, so the ports of call you hit on this 11-night sailing, um, what we'll do here is just give us the port of call and give us your highlight, then you can move to the next one. So the first one was St. Thomas. Um, we were going to go to Sapphire Beach, and we waited outside for a taxi. They were trying to get a group that was going, and nobody was going to Sapphire Beach. Somebody said they were going to Koki Beach, so I thought was kind of my second choice, so we went ahead and rode with them. It's a beautiful beach. Um, when you're facing the ocean, it's gorgeous, the, the sand and the water and, and the scenery and all of that. But when you turn around, you know, the, the, the little um, shacks that were serving beverages and all that made it not look quite as nice. Mm-hmm. But it was nice snorkeling and clear water, beautiful. Um, glad we went, but we'll probably try a different beach the next time we go to St. Thomas, possibly Sapphire or Megan's Bay. Then St. Croix was ended up, ended up being canceled due to Tropical Storm Kirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of bummed about that. We had planned on walking to uh, Sandcastle Resort, which is close to the pier, and um, had been watching that actually on a webcam for several months, kind of excited about that one. So that got canceled. Um, we ended up spending an, an extra night in St. John in Antigua. And we had a tour booked there called Reef Riders. We were super excited about that. That got canceled also due to the the storms. There was too, there was too much um, storm surge for the there were little mini power boats mm-hmm. um, that would take you go out and go snorkeling. And yeah, we were we were a little bummed about that, but we got to stay on the ship and had had more of the pool to ourselves, so it wasn't too terrible. Um, next up was Barbados. We had planned there to walk to har- either Harbor Lights or the Boatyard, which are both within walking distance of the port. We got bombarded by taxi drivers trying to convince us it was only 4 or $5 to ride, and that's too far. You can't walk that far. And I had to argue with many of them saying, yes, I can. We're in shape. We can we can walk that far. And 
it was really surprising how much we had to fight through the taxi drivers to get to walk. Um, and we finally got out of them, you know, away from them, and we ended up walking, and, and it was definitely a, a doable walk. Um, we went to, in the boat yard, they charged $20 to get in, and that includes a chair, a welcome drink, and a turtle tour, which they have a boat that goes out every hour or so, and you get to snorkel with turtles. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The um, turtles were a little bit, it was a little bit scary because once we got out there, the tour guide was saying, don't put your fingers out because they'll bite them. Oh, wow. um, so I was had my fingers all pulled in, and um, but it was neat swimming with them. There were some really big t- turtles. Um, next time, I will probably go to Harbor Lights instead because they don't charge to get in. It's $10 if you want to rent a chair, and it's $20 if you want to do the turtle thing. So if you don't want to rent a chair, you can do it for free at, at Harbor Lights. Hmm. That's good to know. Um, now, with the, with the yeah. turtle tour um, at the boat yard, it, was it correct, that, where you went? Yes, at okay. boat yard. It was actually their, their boat that went out, I think. Mm-hmm. How far um, offshore is really, that? It wasn't far at all. That was no. kind of surprising, too. It was, um, you know, if you were a really good swimmer, you probably could swim out there. But um, so definitely not very far offshore. But it, it was nice. And, and the beach is so beautiful. Barbados, Carlisle Beach, I think it is. Did but, you have to rent the snorkel and everything? Or did they? was that included? That is included. Mm-hmm. We, we ended up bringing our own. I bought a full face mm-hmm. mask um, to try and loved it. It was a, a lot better than the traditional stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm asking you all these questions because I'm going there like next week. So I'm, I'm super stoked about swimming with the turtles. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah so, it's definitely a lot cheaper than doing it through the ship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so after Barbados, where'd you go? St. Lucia. St. Lucia was beautiful. Uh, I, would, I would say it's probably the most beautiful port to look at. Um, and we booked a zip lining tour for the zip lining. We were, we were surprised that we got to do a catamaran to get to the zip lining because that wasn't described in it. And that was really cool. Um, and then we got to, uh, the area where the, the catamaran lets off and then took a short bus ride to a plantation where they had the zip lining. And I'd never done it before. I was a little, little scared. I didn't know for sure if I'd be able to make the leap, but when we got up there, it, the first, first zip line was low enough that it really wasn't scary and it not at all. And I loved it. It was so fun. I would definitely do the zip lining again. Next stop was St. Martin. And that was also really beautiful. We took a, um, a Golden Eagle catamaran tour. I don't think they call it Golden Eagle anymore. When we booked it, it that's what it was called. Um, and it was awesome. It was open bar the whole time. Well, right after snorkeling. So the catamaran took us out to a snorkel site and it was a beautiful beach. Um, got to snorkel and then they opened the bar and, um, and it was, it was just a lot of fun, beautiful, definitely worth worth the trip on the catamaran was there much shade there was shade there mm-hmm. was plenty of shade we were we preferred to be in the sun so that's what we did but yeah there was there was enough shade i believe and it was called golden eagle you said you don't remember the name of it the company now yeah it was golden eagle when we booked it and and i think you can still find it by searching for golden eagle mm-hmm. um and i and i can't remember what they changed the name to okay and then uh, was that your last port that was the last port, yes. Okay. So you make your way back to Port Miami. How was debarkation? That was uh, really smooth. We decided not to even pack anything until the morning of, of disembarkation. So um, we wanted to enjoy the last day fully, went to the pool and, and had dinner, and then 
you know, we we got up early. We were used to getting up early. I think we got up at 5.30 or so and um, did all of our packing. And then we left our uh, luggage in the room and went up for breakfast, had a last caramel macchiato at the, uh, at the cafe, and then came back down and got our luggage and did the self-disembark, um, um, walked off the ship, and we're out of there. Customs was super smooth. We didn't have to fill out any forms, just walked right out. We were off the ship probably by 8.30. Did you fly out the same day? We did, and we were regretting booking a flight that was so late. It didn't leave until 3.15 or so. So mm. um, we took a taxi to the airport, and then we just hung out there. So last yeah. day was a little boring. Yeah, I was, if you if you don't get into an airline club over there, it's can, it's a long day. You can just walk up and down the terminals and get in some miles, I guess, and get your steps in. That's pretty yeah. much about it. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, okay, cool. So any first-time tips to offer anyone sailing um, Celebrity Equinox or a Solstice-class ship? For any cruise, really, don't get too attached to your ports or excursions, especially during hurricane season. Um, that was one I had set myself up for. I knew the possibility. Also, pack a backpack with uh, items for the first day if you want to enjoy the pool right away. So our rooms were actually ready by 1 o'clock on the first day, which – but we didn't go there, so we were already ready for the pool. Um, try everything. Look for the deals on specialty dining. If um, you just wander the halls, and, and they'll give you a good deal on it. It was actually a better deal than booking in advance. Mm-hmm. Research room choice thoroughly. It definitely makes a difference. Um, fly the day before to avoid stressing over delays. Also, book your next cruise on board for, for deals. Um, you can get a low deposit and onboard credit for the next next cruise. So which one did you book? We weren't going to book another cruise, but this couple we met on board booked a cruise to Hawaii and they were kept talking about it. And I thought, that sounds like a good idea. So we we booked the Hawaii cruise, but then after we got home, thought about it some more, looked at the prices and we ended up switching and we're going to go on the same cruise again next year on the Equinox. Awesome. So looking back, what was the biggest highlight for you? We are really kind of relaxed, laid-back people, and the biggest highlight for us was the balcony. Um, we spent a lot of time on the in the mornings and the evenings um, on that balcony. Can't imagine sailing without a balcony mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and then the pool. We really love the pool, hanging out there. So those those are the biggest things for us. Final thoughts of Celebrity Equinox. I loved it. Uh, I can't imagine ever going on a cruise less than 11 days now because 11 was just perfect. At the nine-day mark, I started thinking, well, I guess I could do a nine-day cruise, but really the 11 was just perfect. I loved everything about it, even though even though I said the dining room was a little bit of a disappointment. I hate to give that too much credit because, I mean, it's still really good food and it was great service, a beautiful dining room and all of that. It's not, I'm not, you know, totally... Um, ruling that out. It's just in comparison to my past cruises, thinking, you know, that it was not not quite as much. And I'm wondering if maybe they're building up, the, doing that a little bit to build up the specialty dining more. Oh, I'm sure they are. Well, um, Julie, yeah. thank you for sharing your review of this 11-night Southern Caribbean cruise on Celebrity Equinox. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.